Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. This is the Houndsman XP Podcast. Good dog, get that bear. Get that bear in here. The original podcast for the complete houndsman. The podcast that represents our lifestyle of extreme performance. Get up there! Yeah! 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 Good boy! Uniting houndsmen across the globe from east to west, north to south. You know, if you're going to catch a cat or a lion, you know, you have to have teamwork. We take you to the wildest places on earth. Yeah, so how many days how many days a week do you spend on As much as I can to be honest with you. Anytime that I get I'm I'm out there. Join us for every heart pounding adventure on Houndsman XP. I'll tell you like I tell everyone else, I'm gonna hunt whether you're here or not, so you might as well be here. <laughs> Thank you for tuning into the Houndsman XP podcast. I am your host, Chris Powell. And this week we've got Naomi Hirsch, the artist formerly known as Naomi Yates, who is now working for the Sportsman's Alliance. She's going to bring us an update on all kinds of stuff that is coming from Colorado. Colorado needs your help, and we need to get together on this thing right away. We're going to discuss a big event that's coming up in early August. So stay tuned for how you can get involved and how you can support that event. And that leads into this. Today I was scrolling through some of the pages and different things I follow on social media and Echelon Front came up, run by Jocko Willink and his team there. They do a lot of leadership stuff and it was about priorities. And Basically, what what they said was, priorities are a choice. When you say you don't have time, that's basically a lie you're telling. That You ought to just come clean and say that it's not a priority for you. So you're going to hear some straight talk in this podcast about what needs to be going on and what needs to happen in the state of Colorado. And it should be a lesson to all of us everywhere If we enjoy turning hounds loose, if it's a priority that we do that, if it's important to us, then it's time to step up to the plate. 
I don't want to get on the soapbox too heavy here, folks, but sometimes there just has to be a little bit of straight talk come from this microphone to your ears. And I'm not throwing everybody under the bus because there's a lot of people out there that are very active with their hound organizations. Stay tuned to what's going on. They support this podcast. They're members of the Sportsman's Alliance. A lot of people are doing that. But I want you to take some numbers away from this. According to information I got from a major registry, there are 200,000 registered hound owners in the United States. 200,000. And this podcast will maybe get 2,500 downloads and listens the first week. So where are you? Where are the rest of you? Naomi talks about going to a a Senate bill hearing in Colorado and Denver last year and passing houndsmen on the side of the road that would rather be out hunting that day than going to show up and support the defeat of a bill that would take away their right to be able to even hunt. It's time to stop living in the moment, folks. It's time to start paying attention to what's going on around you and get involved. I know there's going to be some of you that say, man, I just hate politics. I just hate, you know, muddying the waters of my hound hunting with politics. I hate to break the news to you folks, but fish and wildlife management has turned into a political game and we need your help. Everybody needs your help. You need to help yourself. I don't know a single houndsman that would take a handout, but there's way too many out there that are willing to sit back and watch everybody else do the work, watch other people spend their time, miss hunting days, spend their money, and just sit back and ride the gravy train for as long as they can and not miss a day of hunting. Folks, the house is on fire. And you can either sit back and watch it burn or you can grab a bucket and do your part and try to put the fire out. The house is on fire in Colorado. It's time to get involved. It's time to get the tailgate down. It's time to dump the box. All right. What kind of t-shirt you wear? What you got? What you got on there? That's a United Houndsman of Colorado shirt. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. I figured it was fitting. So. Yeah, it is. That's what we're yeah. going to talk about. <laughs> Man, could you have any busier year than what you've had? Uh, unfortunately, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's, it's coming up. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you've had a lot going on in your, your personal life. You got married and hearts, yeah. break, hearts breaking all over the Western Rocky mountain <laughs> States. <laughs> Naomi yeah. changed her name to Naomi Hirsch. Yeah. Hirsch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the big news, the big news is that job you landed with sportsman's alliance that is cool what's your how'd that come about um you know i applied for this job two years ago before i was even graduated and it was kind of when things were going down in colorado with um the lion ban supposedly you know and all of that and Uh, i got senate senate bill 36 last year 31. Yeah. Um, I always get the thirties mixed up on it. (laughs) Yeah. It was before that, um, actually happened, but there was word of it, you know, and I got in with the Colorado Trapper and Predator Hunters Association, um, a bit more. 
and was just really amped up and wanting to do more. And I clicked on a button on the Sportsman's Alliance um, because the CTPHA has always supported them um, through $1,000 every year because we know what good they do as a state organization and we want to be involved with them. So I clicked on their, you know, jobs, job openings, right. and, uh, and somehow got an interview like a week later. I didn't get the job at that point. Uh, I was just happy to get an interview. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah. And then um, I also graduated recently with a degree in fish and wildlife management. So with that degree and uh, was working full time for Colorado Parks and Wildlife and had matured a little bit in all of my um, happenings. And uh, yeah, they reached out to me with that open position and interviewed again for the Associate Director of Communications. So I work with um, mostly with Brian, Brian Lynn. Brian Lynn. Yeah. <laughs> He's been on the show several times and I, I like like talking to Brian. And, um, uh, yeah, he's just, he's just a good dude. Good dude working yeah. hard. And, uh, we always have fun when we're, when we're on the podcast. So, oh yeah, and, and when we're at shows and different stuff, are you, are you going to be with the team at shot this year and stuff in 24, um, I guess? Yeah. I, that's yet to be determined. <laughs> um, right. Right. I, yeah. I work from home. I know Brian does too. There's only a handful of us that do. So it's pretty open. I can, if I want to, I'm sure. Um, right now I'm still kind of getting the lay of the land and doing things like this and just meeting a lot of people right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Naomi, you remember what episode you were on before I, I was going to look it up and I just ran oh, out of no. time, but you, you've been on the podcast before. Yeah, I was, it was a couple of years ago. I want to say it was in that same realm, <laughs> like two years ago when I was getting really amped up about things. It was shortly after I got my lion. Um, right. Yeah. 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 You, you've been, you've been, uh, tested by tested under fire. That's for sure. And <laughs> you know, with the whole mountain lion debacle and the, the anti hunters coming out and stalking you and threatening and doing all kinds of stuff. Yeah. That was so, definitely a topic. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what did that do? Did it ignite your fire to e fight back even more or, uh, you know, how that, Yeah. Yeah, because it's like um, the hypocrisy of these people that can just, you know, they say they want the best for the animal, but then they can turn around and say something so terrible to you. It's, it almost puts like a, it puts it out of your mind because you're like, well, you're obviously not right in the head to say these things to me as a person. Right. And then say that you value this animal so much. So, um, <laughs> and it kind of, the, the ones that got me more, because there was those ridiculous comments for sure, and those are kind of easier for me to ignore, but there were a lot of comments of people that were genuinely interested, and I think that's a lot about how I put myself out there, because with my social media after, <laughs> after that lion post kind of went viral, I put a lot of facts about houndsmen, what we do, sportsmen, what we do, right. um, and I had a lot of people reaching out to me and being like, I've always been against this, like, but you're talking about it in a way I've never heard before. So that, those ones got me more involved. Yeah. 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 So basically, I mean, catch everybody up. You, you ended up <laughs> taking a lion and you made a social media post about it. It went viral. And then the, 
it, it hit the fan, you know, on a lot of sides, <laughs> but it did. sounds like it did a lot of good things too. You took, you took a whole negative situation. You've turned it around and now look at you, you know, you're working at yeah. the sportsman's <laughs> Alliance and, and, uh, and I, I assume that your job at, uh, sportsman's Alliance entails a lot of social media work and, and, uh, you know, all kinds of things, but that's also included. Yeah, it does. Um, yeah. And it just gave me, not that I didn't already have some thick skin just cause I mean, just being a hunter on the front range of Colorado, even going through school, you know, like telling your teachers, teachers of all things, like, Oh, I'm not going to be in class this week. I'm going hunting, you know, and seeing how they react ah. to things. And, and, and I just kind of understood that not, you just, not everybody has to like the same things is where it came from at first. But then I learned people can be really mean, <laughs> and, right. but then it's just, you don't have to be mean to dis to disagree. And, um, it kind of went from there. Yeah. 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 Well, I think anybody that's followed your social media posts, your personal accounts, things like that, that's what we've always seen from you is encouragement, facts, you know, not emotionally charged uh, responses or, you know, anything like that. It's like, these are just the facts. So here it is. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot. Yeah. And I think my account is kind of unique to the point too, because we're a hobbyist, you know, um, houndsman, my hounds are all misfits that kind of fell into our laps. You know, um, I have to ask my dad every time the one hound that he got to start out with on purpose, like, what was that line again? Cause we don't, we don't run certain lines or anything, but that dog is a shamrock plot and he can solo on bobcats all day. And then the dogs just kind of kept falling into our laps and we do really good with them. So I think there's that aspect of, you can call them rescues, I guess, if you want, you know, but, right. <laughs> yeah, but we're, we're doing the best with what we've got. And, um, I think that actually helps reach some people as well that don't quite understand the, the breeding and all of that, um, that goes into it as well. Right. Right. Yeah. Shamrock comes from uh, Joe and Nancy Hudson up yeah. in the UP. How did you come across that, that dog? Well, my family's from the UP. And, oh, really? uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. So my dad grew up on Drummond Island. And um, so he's, he's from up there. And one of the guys he went to high school with set him up with that dog. So yeah, we got lucky there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, good deal. How'd your hunting season go this past year? Oh, it was rough. Did you get, we did had, you get to hunt much? We, we got to hunt a lot. Um, that one dog, that dog that dad started with is getting old now. He's going on 12. Is that right? Yeah. He's got that dog's going on 12 and then his other dog is 14. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh we got a seven year old and then my dog's just getting into it like two and a half. Um, just starting to do good. And man, we split a bunch of bobcats. Uh, bobcats went underground. Dad's dog is still dealing with an injury um, that came from a bobcat a couple of years ago. His his ankle's just 10 times as big as it should be, you know? So uh, it was a rough, rough season for us. I was actually just listening to uh, your podcast with Cody earlier. 
and he was he was saying how great his was and I'm like man I should have went hunting with you <laughs> but um because it's kind of the same area just a little spread apart we've run into each other um once or twice a season but it was it was a rough season for us but our dogs tried they're just those bobcats found hole after hole and then we were wondering because I've heard people talk about this before and after this season I think there might be some truth to it that if there doesn't come to a point where you actually get to shoot all the bobcats that are that are treeable bobcats mm-hmm. and those ones that tree until you get there catch their breath and run again yeah. If those are just end up being all the ones that are left for a few seasons. Cause man, we went on a couple 11, 12 mile runs after one bobcat and that's what they were doing. Just the dogs would have it. We'd get a hundred yards away and that cat would go again. And it was, it was crazy. So it was a rough season, but then again, it was a bobcat season for us. We always focus on bobs. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's kind of good though. I mean, from your wildlife <laughs> from your wildlife management background you don't want the dumb ones surviving yeah so we've <laughs> named them we have a we have like three cats now that just do that to us every single time and we've seen them you know we've seen them run past and they just somehow even with that even with our dog they're bobcat dogs they can catch and they've caught but we have three of them we have prohibition cat dead horse cat and there's one up in the upper Cherokee unit that they're all bobs and they all just, we've yeah. ran them all like five times. <laughs> and just won't, and you, every won't time you're out. like, this is the day, this is the we, day. Yeah. Where we're gonna, yeah. And we know it. In fact, we say it's tradition that this cat kicks her ass at least three times this winter. <laughs> and, and they have, <laughs> and it's, it's just that cat because there's other cats we run and man, two miles we're in and out with a bob. So yeah, but you don't have cool stories about those. The ones that well, get away. I don't know. The two, yeah, the two cat days are fun also. But when yeah. you get when you get one of those three cats, you're like, all right, we're coming out at dark and with hopefully with a cat, but we know how this is gonna go. <laughs> the Houndsman XP podcast is fueled by Joy Dog Food. Joy Dog Food has a rich tradition of supporting the Houndsmen of America. Founded in 1945, Joy is proud of its history and the relationship it has built with the American Houndsmen. And in 76 years, there's never been a recall. Made with 100% American-made high-quality ingredients, Joy Dog Food has one of the highest calorie-dense formulas on the market. For 76 years, this made-in-America product has kept hunting dogs in the field day after day, season after season. And when we say made in America, Joy has a long track record of fighting for American freedoms by being on the front lines against the animal rights movement and their extremist tactics. Joy will fuel your hounds and fight for your freedoms, fueled by Joy. Hey guys, have you checked out Onyx? Seriously, I'm coming off of a two-week trip in northern New Mexico, and I cannot tell you how important Onyx was for me. It was a deal where this is an easy product for me to talk about, just based on a two-week experience. When you go into new country, and I've never been in the Paloma Ranch country, northern New Mexico before, with all the features and Onyx, I was able to 
get a really good grasp on that country and understand it at a level that I never could have any other way. There's features in there about tracking yourself so you can make your own tracks and keep track of where you've been. That's important when you're, when you're trying to navigate and head off hounds and, and learn trails. It's sped up the learning curve so quickly. Uh, and terrain features, you can look at topo maps, you can look at, at like heat maps that show you the degree of angle so you know where those big drop-offs are, know where your dogs are headed. I can't I can't say enough about it. You just got to get into Onyx and check out all the features. Go to onyxhunt.com and get the Elite subscription today. Use the promo code HXP20 and you will get 20% off of your subscription, your annual subscription to Onyx. Know where you stand with Onyx. I'll tell you what I really want to, we were, you know, we discussed this prior to what we wanted to talk about. I think there's some, some, um, really important things that are developing in Colorado. Uh, there's a big event coming up with the trappers association out there, which I think is going to be key to, uh, kind of setting the stage for some things that are going to come after that from the anti-hunting crowd. And you reached out to me and, and we discussed it. So, Let's just, I think we just start with, um, let's start with the Trappers Association and the event that's coming up, your involvement there, because you do a lot of trapping as well. If, yeah. if, you know, hunting, hunting the most majestic lion in the world <laughs> isn't enough to upset the Disney crowd. You're also a trapper. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In Colorado, where we can only use box traps too, so um that's always fun <laughs> um so yeah. yeah colorado trappers and predators hunters association so t or ctphA um we're not just a trappers organization we're a predator hunters organization too which makes us unique and yeah we're mostly made up of trappers but um you saw like with that sb31 we were right there you know and we don't get right. to trap lions so uh we're pretty much um the forefront on a lot of issues here in Colorado and yeah so Colorado's a big issue state because the organizations like the Humane Society and the Center for Biological Diversity you know Wild Earth Guardians all those guys they see us as kind of a keyhole um they think they can flip us pretty easy and uh Unfortunately, with our governor and his husband being a outspoken animal rights activist, they're not wrong. Um, so there's a lot of things going on, especially because our commission is governor appointed. So, you know, um, <laughs> how long has he been? How husband, long has he been governor? Or what? What does he prefer his pronouns to be? I, maybe I should ask you that. <laughs> I know, right? Well, he's one of those traditional. Um, traditional gays I guess that you would call it which I have no problem with but what I do have a problem with is a spouse that's an animal rights activist pushing their agenda through the governor um no matter who it is (laughs) and and so yeah it's it's not right but you know there's rumors they're not even rumors I've heard it from people that I know and trust high high up in Colorado Parks and Wildlife and 
you know, appointees and even advisors to the governor that the governor's husband has been involved in. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's just not right. He has no part in being in these interviews or appointing anybody, but he does. Um, That's just the reality of it. Uh, So that's kind of the landscape we're up against. (laughs) Um, So how long, what's your governor's name and, and how long has he been governor? Jared Polis. Um, I would have to look that up. He just got reelected this past election season. So we're stuck with him. Do you have, (laughs) do you have term limits for governor? You know, I should know this. I believe we do. Yes. But he's in his. You can ask, you can ask Todd afterwards. Todd Adkins. He'll, he'll know, man, that guy is sharp. Yeah, he is. Yeah, with (laughs) government affairs. But anyway, there's so many different things you got to remember about different states. And I get them to hold up. Yeah, the whole point I was trying to make is, you know, if he's, if he's, he's definitely got a referendum because he was, he was reelected to at least his second term now. And I haven't, I don't know either. He's got a lot um, of money. Yeah. So he's had time to get the right, the he's got had time to get his preferred people in those bureaucratic positions that they get there they get there they don't get there by saying no to the governor they get there by doing the 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 governor's bidding for him so yeah it's a the commission the departments you know all the things that are supposed to be overseeing our fish and wildlife have been and now yeah he was just able to Oh, that was a shady deal. Um, get the old director kind of kicked out and he hired a new one. And of course, the guys from Washington, where, you know, that's another hot button state. Um, so he's got another pawn in CPW. And um, unfortunately, because our last director was pre polis, so he wasn't mm-hmm. as able to be pushed around. Um, but yeah, so that's, I mean, one thing that um, we just heard, and this is all speculation at this point, but um, I know a person who provides meals for the commission from a sportsman um, standpoint. It's kind of like the sportsman feeding the commission. You know, it's a big day. It's all supposed to be um, real fun for both of them, for the commission to meet some sportsmen. And, you know, they have their <laughs> meal preferences and we have three new commissioners this this time and previously for the whole commission and the commission staff they had to provide seven vegan meals well this year they have to provide 10 vegan meals so you know the math is there <laughs> and uh there's uh, some guy from the butterfly pavilion that's stepping into the vice chair and a whole bunch of not not good things we have a lady from boulder who's expected to be the secretary and uh she's coming from boulder who just outlawed for um fur sales in the city limits of boulder so that's and that's on the ballot for um 2023 in denver we're gonna have to try to fight that one it's a ballot measure it's just a city ballot measure but banning fur sales in denver means the Trapper Association or the Predator Hunters Association can't go and sell for at the sta- National Western Stock Show in Denver. Mm-hmm. And that's right. a big money maker for us. So there's a whole 
list of stuff we're up against, yeah, um, in the Colorado legislature this year. So let's just run down the list of them. And I think um, we'll run down the list of things that are facing facing hunters and trappers in the state of Colorado. And, and yeah. you know, we don't want to, we'll touch on all of them, but I think the, the bigger message here is Colorado and houndsmen and trappers across the United States, you guys need help. You guys, you guys need support. You need, you need all this sort of stuff. I know the Sportsman's Alliance is heavily uh, invested there, of course, with you there. And I've talked to Brian Lynn and Todd Adkins about some of these issues as well. So, you know, let's start with that fur ban. I mean, we touched on it. You mentioned it, but, yeah. but, but that's crazy. I mean, it's to, to, at what point do you, you can buy, you can buy marijuana in Colorado, <laughs> but you can't buy fur. Oh, I know. Yeah. And they tried to make a bunch of other drugs legal this past election. too. Exactly. Anyway. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I believe they did because it was funny that they passed that, but then we barely passed getting wine in our grocery stores anyway. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that was a little funny, but yeah, so yeah. that um, ballot measure, it, like I said, it went through in Boulder um, the thing was, it barely passed in Boulder, which we were all kind of surprised to see. It was only like a 1% um, pass in Boulder. So it's hitting Denver. We know that. Um, so basically, what is it? What is it? It's not just a fur band sale. It, there's some stipulations to it. There are some. Uh, the way I understand it, it's a full ban on selling fur. So anything even with your, fur like, on it. Even your fly tires. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can't sell flies with fur, um, any purses or pillows or anything like that. You wouldn't be able to sell in, in the city limits of Denver. Um, and that's how it is in Boulder right now. So, I mean, that would hit like all of your, even like Murdoch's and boot barn and things like that. If they're in the city limits of Denver, they have to pull those. Um, so it does have a stipulation or a set aside for agriculture. So like your leathers and your, cow hides or like your wool from your sheep or anything mm -hmm. that stuff's still okay but if it's a fur bearing animal um you're not going to be allowed to sell that if that goes through um the other thing that's interesting is a statewide um there was and this is all speculation at this point you know because they're they're going to keep things under wraps until they're ready to go and they meaning you know the humane society and all of those guys that start these ballot initiatives Ballot initiatives are really expensive. So they tried, I mean, the, they're so coordinated. We have to remember that these right. are nationwide and they're trying to Colorado specifically for Colorado. You know, right. they're not doing it here um, just because they're doing it here because they think they can pull something off. And um, so there was word that, so there's a station before that gets to the Secretary of State, and it has to be worded correctly before it gets sent to the Secretary of State. And they tried to send one with four issues. And in Colorado, when you send a ballot initiative, or um, you can only have a single issue. So they got it sent back to them, and they have to choose which one of these four they want to run with. Now, the speculations about the four that they had on there were things like, Banning harvest of all mountain lions, again, but with a ballot, you know, 
Um, there was banning dogs, banning hounds, right? Uh, and an all-out fur ban, or um, banning bobcats, bobcat harvesting. Mm-hmm. So they put that in with all four of those and wanted it, you know, all lumped together in a ballot measure. The guys came back and said, no, you can't do that. It's a single issue in Colorado. You got to pick one. We don't know which one they're going to pick. Um, hopefully it's not dogs, um, because I think that would be um, one that's really hard to fight. However, it is also pointed out that this could just be a um, a tool in their tool bag as we go into the legislative season, because a tactic that they have been using a lot in other states is they'll set a ballot initiative and start getting signatures, and then they'll propose a bill that's the same thing, but they'll say as a leveraged piece, we don't want to put the Colorado voters through this. This is going to be really expensive. We don't mm-hmm. want to spend all the, all of your energy, yada, yada, yada. So those legislators are being like, okay, well, if we push this through this way, then they'll drop the ballot measure. Mm-hmm. So um, there's a bunch of stuff that could happen. <laughs> and yeah. We just don't know what it is yet. And unfortunately, they have a lot of time in Colorado. That ballot initiative piece, they don't have to start they don't have to turn anything into the secretary of state and have their wording correct until I believe April of 2024. So, right. right. Um, we'll get, yeah. let's get, let, uh, let's get back to the fur band thing because, um, yeah. Pulling the reins in on you here a little bit, Naomi. Yeah. <laughs> There's uh, just so much, so much. Yeah, there, <laughs> yeah. I know we can't, we can't spend all day talking about one issue, yeah. but you know, when you look at something like the fur ban, it's just a, it's a drains resources. It, it puts such a tax. Who is going to enforce this ban in Boulder, Colorado? You know, it's going to be somebody calling the dispatch and a police officer showing up and writing a ticket and set ten, you know, a civil probably. And they don't even like to. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and so they're, they're tying up court systems and, and all this stuff with this frivolous baloney. And yep. because somebody's selling flies on Facebook that they tied in their garage. Yeah, that's exactly you know? it. And um, are there, I think there's some, aren't there some um, native American exemptions for some of this stuff? I thought, I thought I read something about that, but even if, even if there is or isn't, it doesn't back matter. Mm-hmm. The whole, the whole fur, the whole fur ban is just ludicrous. Not to mention the fact that people will wear fake fur, which is yeah. more the, the manufacturing of nylon and that sort of stuff is more impactful to the environment. Yeah, fall. it is. Um, the thing is these people don't care. Um, <laughs> you know, you can talk to them and you can reason with them and you can actually get them to admit that. But at the end of the day, it's but something died for that. And they there's a lot they of stuff dying to make nylon. Oh yeah. When you, when you start thinking about the byproduct, the pollutant byproducts, the manufacturing, all that stuff, there's a lot of stuff that dies from that. You know, and and but above all else, it's just it comes down to money for these. There's a lot of money when you can put a picture of a mountain lion on a billboard and say, protect these majestic creatures, you know, people will open up their wallets and just start. And that's what it really boils down to 
is yeah but those people that are giving that money um yeah the people that are giving that money see it as a single you know you're killing that animal they're not thinking of the money that they're giving um so yeah from the top down it's a lot about money but those givers that are giving all that money they're it's an emotional thinking about that (laughs) yeah it's an emotional thing Um, and it's i don't i don't want to beat beat the drum for center for biological diversity or hsus at all but i actually want to expose them for the the scammers that they are they are because it's it's just it's just a money grab for them you know and and they've got 200 attorneys that sit around and and get paid premium wages ceos you know million dollar the humane society yeah, the Humane Society lobbyist that I was sitting right next to when we had that um, Senate Bill 31, $5,000 a day she was getting paid just to sit there. And, you know, she went up and gave her three-minute um, test- testify thing and just like I did. But, you know, I, yeah. I can't get paid $5,000 a day to do that. That'd be nice. But no <laughs> um, Yeah, it's insane no what we're up against on that front, too. Yeah, so... Let's talk. Let's let's go ahead and get back to that ballot initiative. I just had a couple things I had to hear myself say right there about, <laughs> about that about that fur ban. But this also ties into it because it's the same 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 uh, strategy. Yeah. Is it's all about money. That ballot initiative. They say it's going to cost a lot of money, but but Center for Biological Diversity and yeah. HSUS can absorb it because they're going to make money on it. They're not going to do anything unless they make money. Their businesses. Um, yeah. But at the end of the day, what do they need? A hundred thousand signatures? On- yeah, they need one hundred and twenty-five thousand signatures, and those are going to cost them anywhere between thirteen and seventeen bucks a piece. So you know they'd rather go the um, legislative route, and like I said, they're going to use that as kind of a leveraging because it's expensive for the state also to run these ballot measures. Do you so- think, do you think that last year during the SB thirty-one uh, they went ahead and and drop that whole thing because they had some backroom dealing, knowing that there was going to be a ballot initiative or I think last year was just a, was just like a recon mission to find out what kind of resistance they would get. Yeah, exactly that. And I think they're going to do that a lot in Colorado, Um, whether that makes you more nervous or less because there is some in this (laughs) I have a gripe with some people that didn't show up because they were like, it's not going to go through. Why? Like, I'm just going to go lion hunting, whatever. It's not going to go through. And I was like, you don't understand how important it is to show up. I don't think it's going to go through either. And it didn't. And the only person that voted for it was the bill sponsor herself. And we didn't think that we would turn that room for one. You know, (laughs) we, we thought at least we'd have to fight three, two. Um, And we did great, but we showed up. There was enough people there that in a snowstorm, in a snowstorm, in, snow <laughs> in bitter and, temperatures. You know, we, had a, we had a good chair at that point too. Um, she was a Democrat, but she was fair, and she was. Um, she actually came in, and it was during the end of COVID, and she got rid of um, the COVID six foot rule. She's like, you know, people can sit next to each other. And she's like, we need overflow rooms because there's people standing outside and that's not right. right. And there were over 300 of us in the Capitol building and she's gone now. She got term limited out. So um, the chair is now 
who brought that bill up. So we can't expect that type of um, hospitality anymore. Right. We can't expect, and in fact, we might be locked outside the Capitol building because not all of us can fit, you know? Um, so <laughs> things have changed a bit, but. Is she, is that, is that chairperson appointed? Who appoints that chairperson? Does the Speaker of the House or that, I guess that would be Senate. The committee chairs, I'm not sure. Um, I'm There's, not sure how the committee chairs get to be committee chairs. Well, They're asking you, me a bunch of good questions. I should know. I need a whole nother degree in like legislative action. <laughs> well, it's just one of those things that, uh, you know, when you've got a Democrat governor, then or a yeah. Republican, conservative or liberal, it doesn't matter. Then they're gonna they're gonna stack these agencies and different committees and and things with people that are gonna appeal to their voting base. Oh, it was time, bad. So. so the Colorado Parks and Wildlife wasn't even invited into the building, and um, in fact, we're pretty sure that they got told if they would be there that there would be big consequences because there's one CPW official there, and it was the director. And he was put in an overflow room to the overflow room, was not allowed to be in uniform or anything like that. And that's where he was. And he got told once public comment was over that he could come out of that room. So, and the legislators were asking where CPW on this. Right. I'm like, I don't know. So so were were hunters and, and uh, trappers. They were thinking the same thing. Yeah, and we, I went to go get dinner with the director at the at the time, you know, again, different director. And, man, he was purple in the face, not even red. He was just, right. you know, and he made sure that he was there. But to have someone in the state capitol building to say, hey, this is where you get to sit until I tell you you can get up on this issue. Well, where do you think that's coming from? And that's, that's just straight up corruption. Right. Um, and I watched it happen. And yeah, everyone, everyone was where's CPW at on this. And because in Colorado um, and within a lot of other states, Colorado Parks and Wildlife opinion cannot vary from the governor's. They're like the governor has to tell them what their opinion is on certain issues. Right. So the governor told them that you do not have a stance on this issue. Um, He wasn't dumb enough to say you're pro lion ban. Because he is a smart guy. Polis is smart. But he said Colorado Parks and Wildlife does not have an opinion on this and will not show up. And that's what happened. And and that also comes through like commission and different stuff. It's the same pretty much in every yeah. state. You know, the, yeah. the governor points the commissioners that sit on the Fish and Wildlife or the Natural Resources Commission. And together they tell the directors of this state agency, how they're going yeah. to react to certain things. And, and yeah. if they don't, then they're unemployed, their funding gets cut. They're so, you know, they don't have the support, <laughs> you know, they find themselves like our old director. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's not just as simple as, you know, they need to stand up and do the right thing because if this director goes in there and dies on that Hill today, then get and. The, we're facing Colorado's facing that right now. We have a new director and, you know, I haven't met him. I don't want to say anything bad about him, but look who got him, you know? So, um, he's, he's somebody that does what the governor wants for sure. To expect him to be anything other than a pawn, I think is kind of being naive and that's nothing against him. Yeah. Um, So, so when, when, you know, a lot of people I've heard him say it, 
houndsmen people reach out to me it's like man cpw needs to stand up and fight it's not it's not it they do but it's not it's not that simple when because then you don't have funding for your research then you don't have funding for gasoline they politics is such a dirty thing yeah the way i put it is the houndsmen need to step up and support their CPW, the few officials that are in there that do help support them in other other ways. So our state um, predator manager, or um, he's awesome. He's at every commission meeting. And this was sad because I called him about our April season because our April season got shut down last year. And I didn't figure it out until April 1st and I would have been out there running. (laughs) And I was like, this has never happened to me before. What is going on? So I called him and he is such a nice guy. He called me back and we talked for two hours and he said, Naomi, every year at the commission meeting in January is when we set if April seasons are going to be open or not. I have kept that season open longer than it should be. Um, due to the management plan, you know, and it gets all sciencey and complicated. <laughs> we can go into right. that. But, and he's like, there was no houndsman at that meeting. I, and I listened to that commission meeting because they're all recorded. I go on to YouTube, I search it up and there's Mark Vieira, our state um, predator biologist saying houndsmen are awesome. We get to specify like which lions we get to take out of the population because of houndsmen. Mm-hmm. Houndsmen are great. Just giving us the highest praises and not a single one of us are there. Mm. And, and that, that struck a chord with me too. Um, so we need to do a better job of supporting the people in CPW that do help us because, um, and you know, I had guys come back when I told them that like, well, why isn't he in there fighting harder? And I was like, because he's playing a political landscape. And if he does anything more than he's doing, would you rather him in there doing what he can or him get kicked out and some other pong get put in? So (laughs) they need our support. Um, And, you know, we can talk about the event that's coming up that we kind of touched on earlier, but CPW is actually going to be there. There's going to be 15 to 20 CPW staff there. And those guys, they're not dumb. They know exactly what we're fighting for. And they're going to be there. They have trailers. They're doing a fishing derby. They're doing hunter education classes. And they're doing a mountain lion and bobcat um, review presentation thing. I'm hoping mm-hmm. it's going to be Mark. It might not be. It might be one of our biologists. But I'm like, they're, they're trying. <laughs> you, got, right. you got a CPW official coming to a Trappers Association outdoorsman days to give a presentation on lions and bobcats like that's that to me is like what more do you want them to do (laughs) you know that's pretty cool you know as employee as a former employee state employee in the same position that they're in that's one of the reasons why i retired at the age i did as soon as i could just simply because I was tired of carrying a message that I didn't agree with. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't with a clear conscience continue to carry the message. And, and so it's one of those deals. If you're going to wear the uniform and you're going to wear, if you're going to wear the team Jersey, you got to be a team player. And, and I just saw too many things over and over where 
uh, we would go to, we would go to some, a lot of the same things you're talking about and you would be directed on what you could say about this and what you shouldn't say about that. And, but it was always kind of like a wink, wink, nod, nod. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that I want to say before we move on, because I do want to talk about this is most of the people that are employed at those levels where they're showing up to these events, they're on our side. They, they understand what sound fish and wildlife management is. They don't agree with the emotional thing. And I'm seeing way too many people within our ranks, you know, casting dispersion on this low to mid-level employee of the department that really has your best interest in mind because all the people that I worked with when we were working, they were hunting, they were trapping, they were fishing, they were, they were doing yeah. all these things. And, and then they would go to work and they would just gather the data to the best of their ability and put these reports together and, and do all these things were, were truly to the benefit of wildlife. And they would just send it up the chain. And then the bureaucrats and the politicians get involved and the wheels completely fall off. And then they're instructed not to comment on what they found yeah. in their studies and what they were, what the true, what the true data is showing in that stuff. And it puts us in the front lines of having to carry somebody else's perverted message. And that happens yeah. in, in, especially it seems to be getting worse because of the, the traction that we're seeing in Colorado gained by the, the Disney crowd administration too. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's something that I just went through, you know, being full-time with Colorado parks and wildlife. I thought that was the big, you know, I made it. And then, um, and I, I had to make a decision and luckily it was sportsman's Alliance, um, came around and I was like, you know, I, I never really knew where I was going to make the most impact, but I knew I had to. And whether that is doing something like, um, Mark Pierre is doing and being on the inside and doing what you can, or, you know, hop, jumping ship. I jumped ship yeah. <laughs> and, and getting involved in another way. Um, but there that's are, why, that's why I started this important. podcast. That's why I started yeah. this podcast. I don't have a le- I'm off the leash. You know, I can say yeah. what I want now. I can do <laughs> yeah. what I want. So I get yeah, it. It's, you know, sometimes, it's nice. But yeah. you got um, out at I a couldn't. good, yeah, you got out at a good time. You weren't over invested. You know, you yeah. weren't 10 years in and being like, man, exactly. I don't, uh, you know, and I've got so much time invested, stuff like this. So let's, let's talk about, let's talk about the, uh, events that are coming up and yeah. give that sucker some airtime and get some support out there for this thing. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. So it's going to be an awesome event and you can find all the info at just coloradotrapper.com. Um, and that'll take you to the CTPHA website. And there's a little events tab, so coloradotrapper.com. And you can look at the Outdoorsman Days event kind of schedule there. And it's going to be really fun. It's um, down in Fremont County, uh, down kind of west of Colorado Springs. So, Oh, nice. Yeah, so it's, it's going to be an awesome event. This one's going to be huge. We got a lot of sponsors, um, including like Kuyu. Uh, Colorado Shed Company, Blood Origins is going to be there, and they're actually going to premiere their film Lionheart. I don't know if you've seen it being advertised, Mm -hmm. but yeah, yeah, so that's going to premiere at our event, um, which we're super excited about. That's huge. And um, there's, you know, some up and downs, like our membership 
like I said, people just got to get more involved. We called all, all of our membership and out of almost 300 members, only 29 of them are showing up. So <laughs> that being said, our organizations in Colorado are really picking it up and figuring out that we've got a band together. So we've got the Colorado Bowhunters Association showing up. Uh, United Houndsmen are going to be there running mm -hmm. a couple events. There's going to be, um, <laughs> we, we're trying to think of ways to get the Houndsmen more involved and more dogs in there, you know? So right. somebody came up with an ugly dog contest, an ugly hunting dog contest. None of us <laughs> like to admit that we have ugly hunting dogs, but there's a few, you know, that we just can't, <laughs> can't deny. And that's got a cash prize. So if anyone has an ugly hunting dog and wants to take it to Colorado Springs, you could win $500 there. Can we, dre um, can we dress them up? Can we, can no, we dress them no, up with you, Billy? <laughs> you need to allow some Billy Bob teeth and you know, some, some stuff like that. Yeah. That might be good. Some little nerd glasses or something yeah. like that. Hey, I, I, I don't think there's rules against it. So, exactly. You know, be, why creative. Not? <laughs> be creative. It's just something to get dogs there. Um, and then, we got the a United Houndsman guy running a drag to get dogs out and barking and making a lot of noise too. So that'll be good. Uh, so what this is, we might make a little bit of money as an association at the banquet the second night, um, you know, because that's when the raffle, uh, we're raffling off a lot of guns. We've got a $2,000 um, outfitters tent. We got a $5,000 blind. We don't know if those are going to be raffles or just uh, silent auction items or loud auction items. So it's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be a lot of good stuff. And mostly it's going to be to get people together and especially the public who's never seen anything like this. So with those hunter education classes, I think they're running them both days. And that's just people that want that class, there's going to be 50 people that want a hunter education class right. that are going to be introduced to predator hunting, you know, and all the dogs and stuff there. So that's going to be pretty cool. Um, yeah, a good, good event. So it's August 11th and 12th yeah. and it's in Pathfinder park in Florence, Colorado. Yeah, it's so, where the Fremont County Fair is yep. usually held. ColoradoTrapper.com will give you all that information. I think anytime, anytime that we can show up as a hound hunting community and stand shoulder to shoulder with I see elk, turkey, waterfowl, predator, you know, all these yep. different all these different hunting venues. SCI is in there, yeah. SCI. Anytime we can show up and stand shoulder to shoulder with those people, then it's good for us as houndsmen. Yeah. We can't stand yeah. alone and we've got to, we've got to find that common ground. For sure. And the last meeting we had as United Houndsmen of Colorado, we recognized that and um, we're all going, <laughs> we're all going to this event because we recognize that, you know, the CTPHA is bigger than the Houndsman Association is. And not only that, but um, with Dan Gates involved in so many other areas like Coloradans for Irresponsible Wildlife Management, and he's on the Habitat Stamp Board. He's talking to our commissioners every day. Um, he's kind of the man behind the curtain, so to speak, on a lot of stuff. 
and uh, he gets to have a big hand in what we do. Um, and he's president of the Colorado Trapper and Predators Hunters Association. So you're not just supporting them, you're supporting bigger organizations, even like Sportsman's Alliance, because we fund them as well, because we know right. how important that is. Right. You know, to give everybody some ideas here of where Florence is at, it's west of Colorado Springs. It's uh, two, a little over two hours from Raton. It's about, uh, what would that be? About two and a half hours from Denver. Um, so yeah, it's not, it's not bad. There's yeah. And there is some, uh, event lodging there. There's, uh, some campsites available and things like that. I think they're like 15 bucks a night. Um, if you want to bring dogs and just camp out too. Right. There's, and this is an event that there needs to be more than 29 people that are affected by yes. it going up. <laughs> so yeah and that's I mean that was just kind of sad to hear for our organization but like I said there's other organizations like we got probably that plus more from Colorado Bow Hunters Association and then we got that plus more from our Houndsman Association so right. um you know just just a little call to get involved in these sort of things it's really important well during that time frame then Houndsman XP is going to be there as well. I'm actually going to be uh, down towards Raton, right? The bear, New Mexico bear season starts August 16th, and I'll be down in that country for a few days anyway prior to yeah. doing some other work. And um, uh, so Houndsman XP is going to be there as well. Cool. We'll show okay. up. Okay. Yeah, if you want to get more um, established too, just let me know. I'm sure um, the Hounds, United Houndsmen of Colorado wouldn't mind um, sharing a little space or we can get you your own or, sure. um, any of the above. Cause that would be, that would be awesome. We need yeah. all the help that we can get, not only in Colorado, but you know, we're one of those States that they're just going to have, they're, they're going to try to keep pushing cause we're on the edge. Sure. Um, what else do we need to, what else do we need to cover about this? It looks like we've got some game processing taxidermy classes, some skinning yes. demos there's all kinds mm -hmm. of cool stuff going on are you um are you advertising outside of our own silo here i mean are we hoping to yeah get we actually got um we've got some radio advertisements in place we've got some tv advertisements in place some like local channel stuff yeah um so this should be should be big. We've got all the flyers out and on our website, if anybody wants to be a part of it, there's a banner running across the bottom, you know, um, please support our sponsors from CTPHA. So you get a little bit of advertisement there. Um, of course, all the socials, uh, there's an event on the CTPHA uh, Facebook website. So if you want to learn a little bit more through Facebook, instead of going through the original website, you can do that. Um, and then we have an Instagram running and stuff too. So we've got it all, all out there. Yeah. Uh, I see one of the motorsports, um, what is that? Fremont motorsports is a sponsor. Are you going to yep. have any UTV, ATV, we might. ATV um, classes these, or anything like that? We might, uh, some of them are just, uh, going to be banner sponsorships too. Sure. You know, so okay. they're putting their name out. Um, the big one, uh, is going to be that blood origins. They're going to be huge and they're actually providing a free dinner for everybody on Friday. 
So Friday dinner is going to be free. They're going to do their lion heart video thing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that'll be cool. The archery events is going to be awesome. Um, the game processing and taxidermy classes, there's going to be trapping demos, just like a normal rendezvous. Um, and then the, yeah. And one of our prized, uh, guests is, uh, Devin Staker from the USDA. So he's, I've, I know you've heard him (laughs) heard about him. Yeah. He, he shows up and he's got dogs and maybe he'll bring his rig. He brought his rig when we were closer to his house, uh, last year. But man, his family is just awesome. And they put on a lot of cool um, demos. So, yeah. How is, I'll, I'll have to get with Devin on that and see what his plan is. And yeah, uh, yeah that's cool. Um, all right. So, mark your calendars August 11th and 12th in Fremont, Colorado. It's an, yep. it's an awesome opportunity for us to show support and, kind of do a show of force type thing you know show up it's not yeah there's a lot of houndsmen down through that that part of the state but it really is yeah and they're gonna show up um like i said we had a meeting um just like a week ago with the united houndsmen and they're excited they're gonna be there so yeah yeah so what else you got for us naomi do we want to talk about what other things are going on with uh sportsman's alliance that yeah. maybe are outside <laughs> of colorado that what that we need to be keeping our eyes on um one thing that should be riling a lot more people up than it is is our wolf petition um we're petitioning we have two petitions one is to delist wolves completely in um yes the greater lakes region yeah the western great lakes and the other one is to create a separate uh distinct population segment for places like washington and oregon and get those down to threatened um instead Mm of yeah so that's huge and that all can be found on the sportsman's alliance webpage there's a great list of resources um it's probably a whole other two podcasts one with brian too about (laughs) oh yeah about all this entails because um you know we've got our petitions on our website we've got u.s fish and wildlife service news and it's kind of interesting to me to read their updates because you know they've tried to do this once before they they tried to take it off the endangered species list as they should be so reading what they have to say about it's kind of cool um we've got individual state wolf plans and those show the numbers between how many wolves are actually in each state and how many the um, endangered species act was supposed to cover and then you know then be kicked off so we've got a lot going on but that petition is huge like we're petitioning for the delisting of wolves (laughs) and and we're doing it smart because we're not just doing it how we tried or how other people tried um, and trying to delist all of the wolves at once. Mm-hmm. We're saying, no, um, this population segment, just like the one that we have in Wyoming and Idaho and Montana, you know, right. uh, this, this population segment is good and the numbers prove it. And legally, if the numbers prove it should be good. That's right. So that's, that's it's really long, exciting. It's long overdue <laughs> as well. Uh, I, yeah. I mean, I can't stress that enough how, how long it, it is absolutely probably one of the biggest factors that have, has affected hound hunting in the UP and yeah. Wisconsin. 
you know? Yes. So good for you guys. Yeah. And and it's not just us. It's the Michigan Bear Hunters Association and that Upper Peninsula Bear Houndsmen Association, the Wisconsin Bear Hunters Association. They're in on this with us. So it's not just Sportsman's Alliance going out. Um, we exactly. got support of the associations too. So um, it should be ramping up here. It'll it'll sure make some noise when it's when it's time to make some noise. <laughs> That's right. You can go to the Sportsman's Alliance website. You can find Sportsman's Alliance website off our website if you're going to there, and yeah. uh, we've got a link right to Sportsman's Alliance and and. Uh, yeah, see what's going on, and let's see how we can we can push this one across the goal line because it it's long overdue. Yeah, it definitely is, and hopefully, you know, no one's tried to do it this way before, and hopefully, the two petitions and separating these distinct populations out, um, yeah, will be the way to do it for sure. Well, Naomi, I appreciate you taking time. If you haven't got any, what else you got? I don't want to, I don't want to push you. I don't want to push you off. We got so much stuff. We could do this for three hours. I think every little topic we covered could probably get three hours. (laughs) Where's the best place for people to, and we've talked about it. I'm giving you your chance to shine here. Um, (laughs) We've talked about it in another podcast, but give our audience a reminder of where they can find the information that they need to be informed about issues that are affecting them yeah so the colorado trapper and predator hunters association um page is great we've got a little um tab there anti-trapping citizens petition and that'll kind of show you what's on the landscape there sportsman's alliance um they're awesome especially when things get big enough that they you know it's a do or die like this has to we have to wake up now Um, other than that, on the smaller level, uh, with the ballot initiatives and stuff, it's being involved in your organizations because Mm -hmm. they're going to know what's going on. And of course, following people that (laughs) try to tell you what's going on. Um, my Instagram and my socials are outdoor revivalist. So you can find me there. And every time I get wind of something, I'm (laughs) posting it. Um, and, uh, a lot of other people do too. But I think it's important that we keep up on the winds of stuff or the rumors of stuff, um, not just on the, you know, we got to do something now, it's do or die, because a lot of those things, unfortunately, especially in the legislature, they've only, by law, they only have to schedule those out 24 hours. Yeah. So <laughs> if you know something's on the landscape, it's a lot easier to do something about it. Mm-hmm. So um, keep up with those people that, you know, we might sound annoying at times, but <laughs> we're we're trying to get you prepared for what's going to, for something like Senate Bill 31, you know? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you can, I, I subscribe to the Sportsman's Alliance newsletter. All of our yep. Patreon supporters who who we've enrolled with, with SA are also receiving that newsletter. There's just, there's really no excuse in this day and age not to be informed about what's going on. The information's out there and you can, it's easy enough to find. All you got to go is to sportsmansalliance.org, subscribe to the newsletter and you'll know more than you, you ever thought you could. 
Yeah, that newsletter is great. Um, that again is like when when there's something that can be done about it or something can be done about it coming up soon. You, those are on the newsletter, and you're aware if you can make a difference in that way. Yeah. Well, we're ter- as a community of hunters, we're we'd much rather be out in the woods, you know, turning hounds loose and finding tracks and and doing oh, all that yeah. stuff. And and all of us would, but the newsletters and and keeping track of what you're doing. There's a lot of organizations out there that, that can keep you in the loop. And, uh, uh, at some point, man, we're going to have to step up and, and start showing up just like, tell, the, yeah, tell you what I was driving by people that had just set their dogs out when I was on my way to Denver to testify against 31. Um, and did you stop it, and yell at them? Say, do you know what I, I wanted on? to, I, you know, I was all, you know, press suit, you know, going to Denver. I was going there to keep this stuff alive. And I almost stopped, you know, what, what you on? put them back in the truck. Let's go to Denver. <laughs> exactly. So, um, well, it, it, it really aggravates me, Naomi, because our crowd is very vocal about a lot of things and we're not freeloaders, but at some point you got to realize if you're letting everybody else do your heavy lifting for you and you think that it's that, that, uh, it's all going to be okay. It's not, it's time for you to stop being a freeloader and get involved and, and not, you know, get all your news off of Facebook or, or get on Facebook and complain about CPW when your predator specialist is standing in a meeting by himself, you know, and that's, it doesn't work. I'll say one more thing about that. Um, last year when I advertised this event, I put it on Facebook, you know, all the big, I hunt Colorado page is the big one here. And that event was scheduled for the first weekend in archery season. That post got hundreds of comments of I can't make it. You guys are crazy. First week of archery season, no one's going to show up. So we changed it. <laughs> you yeah. know, we changed it this year. It's before archery season. I make a post on the same page and it's got like three likes. It's because no one likes to argue and no one wants to put their money where their mouth is. So right. um we got to start doing that and show up. And I know we can. We're out there. <laughs> sure we do. Yep, sure we can. Absolutely. Well, Naomi, I thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you. Anytime, guys. anytime <laughs> you've got, anytime you've got something that you want to get us updated on, just reach out to me. And sounds uh, great. And even if it's just a ten-minute spot where you know, hey, I want all your listeners to know this is going on. They need to hear it. Yeah. Hey, can, I might take you up in. on that because in Colorado, you know, it's going to be a bunch of little updates here, there, and sure, whatever that they're trying to do. So. Yep. Yep. Well, you got any closing, closing words of advice besides get involved? <laughs> well, that's my go-to. So that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just thank, thanks for having me involved in this and letting me be involved a little bit more with you guys. You're, you're doing some great stuff, Naomi. You've always, you've always been one of those people that, like I said, you read your posts are informative. You're not inflammatory. You know, you're a cool customer in Sportsman's Alliance and hunters across the United States are, are lucky to have you. Well, thank you. I appreciate yep. you and all you do with your organization. Yep, you bet. <laughs> well, you can get more information for about 
Sportsman's Alliance by going to houndsmanxp.com and clicking on our partners and sponsor tab. It'll get you a direct link in there. Sign up for that newsletter. You can also join us on Patreon. And when you join us on Patreon at $12 support level, we're going to pay for your Sportsman's Alliance membership. That's all you, I mean, that's a $70 value, annual value right there. So you can do the math. 12 times 12 is 144. You're getting 50% of your money back when you join us. So uh, check out houndsmanxp.com. We've got all our cool merch there. We're expanding that line all the time. Thanks for listening to the Houndsman XP podcast. This is Fair Chase. Fair Chase.